We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? I am Mike Singer of BlueAndGold.com, and uh, this is Mike Goolsby and uh, Mike Goolsby's dog. What's your dog's name? Cash. Cash. That's a that's a great that's a great dog name. Um, For this dog, it is. Good yeah. to see you, Mike. Yeah, good to see you. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, Blue and Gold's recruiting insider, and Mike Goolsby. Is Mike Goolsby, former Fighting Irish linebacker and captain. Appreciate um, everyone joining us here live. Make sure you hit that thumbs up for watching back on YouTube. Um, hit the thumbs up on this video as well. And if you're listening back via podcast, um, leave us a kind review or something like that. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. Um, this is the Mike Goolsby Show, so we have uh, plenty to talk about with Mr. Goolsby. Um, so, Notre Dame makes the Fiesta Bowl, um, just left out of the college football playoff. Notre Dame is a bridesmaid there, uh, checking in at number five. So just kind of general thoughts on Notre Dame, um, you know, their matchup against Oklahoma State. I'm sure you got to see some of the uh, the Cowboys game against Baylor. Uh, maybe you did. Um, so just kind of what, what are you thinking about, um, you know, the postseason for Notre Dame? Yeah, I did watch quite a bit of that game, and I was – Again, I always talk about texting buddies. We we're one of my sports betting buddies, ex-football buddy. I just kept remarking about how poorly coached Oklahoma State was. I mean, that entire game, that was a wild game to begin with. Just the turnovers and uh, yeah, I think in those kind of conference-type championship games, I mean, there's you're, you're always anticipating a little level of kind of consistent chaos, but that game was nuts. Uh, I really like our odds in that game. I do. It's going to be interesting to see um, how the team responds. I mean, we think where the team's going to res- respond well and be fired up. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, but just in terms of like game management, that'll be, you know, obviously a, a first time kind of trial by fire for Coach Freeman. But um, I like the matchup. Um, in ter- especially just in terms of like the rankings and then it's going to be good for the program because there was a lot of folks, you know, the pundits, the ESPNs of the world, if you will, Mike, that throughout the last two to three weeks kind of playing that guessing game of who may or may not make it into that playoff. Consistently, we saw Oklahoma state Cowboys ranked ahead of Notre Dame in terms of like the prognosticator. So this should be fun. Um, to kind of watch this unfold, but <laughs> I think it's on paper, you've got kind of a poorly coached team in Oklahoma state. that's playing in a, a weak big 12 this year. And obviously, you know, the, the, all the turmoil at Oklahoma, you got a weak big 12, you got the best of in Oklahoma state and who, in my opinion, is kind of poorly coached versus 
uh, a well-coached, strong culture program in ND with a brand new head coach. So it's going to be fun to watch, but I, I think we'll we'll show well. I really do, and I'm excited to see. We'll get into this hopefully, Mike. But um, what elements of Coach Kelly in his brand of football, if you will, Mike, remain in place, and then what kind of go is going to go out the window specifically on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah. For as much kind of fun of we're making, uh, as much fun of that we're making fun of Kelly right now, like yeah, I mean he he built a strong program and like is the grass greener on the other side um, with old Southern boy Kelly, um, who's down in LSU with his family, you know um, uh, that, that 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 just cracks me up so much. Well, so. Let's jump into Mike. Can we jump into that real quick? Why not? Right, it's my uh, show, dude. Yeah, it's your show. You do what the hell you want. <laughs> so. First of all, man. Wait, wait um, Mike. I, I, actually, you go ahead. I want to play the audio from that, just in case if anyone hasn't heard it, they can let's hear. Let's keep it. it going. Yeah, keep this alive. Let's stretch it out. Yeah, go ahead. And then I, I'm, I'm pulling it up on my phone right now, and I'll play. Yeah. It. So, um, I don't know when Coach Kelly addressed the LSU fans at that basketball game. I mean. I think it was last, I, this, this, like, last week was kind of a whirlwind. I know it was for me, Michael. It had to have been for you. Yeah. But uh, like watching Monday Night Football coverage last night, like Ryan Clark, I think it was after the game, he's still poking fun out of Coach Kelly. So in today's like media coverage world where things are relevant for a day or two and then they go off into the ether, it's, it's interesting to see that like this Coach Kelly in his uh, foghorn, leghorn, southern, you know, fake southern drawl, uh, still has legs three, four, five, six days later. All right, everyone, we'll, we'll play this in a second. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up if you're with us. And I, I see questions coming in on the chats. Nice. Um, I will take notes of some of them. Uh, we will get to them later in the show, um, but we are easily bought. So uh, make sure you hit or drop a super chat if you want that right away. But all right, let me uh, – this this is uh, – this is So this is, the, this is the weirdest thing where he said – Sorry, we're not even into it yet, but Mike, like, I touched on this before. Like, it's kind of a sociopathic, narcissistic thing to, like, drop the team and sell out your coaches and all this. And then, like, his first address to the LSU fandom is, like, I haven't even won all of my games. That was a weird quote. What a strange thing, dude. That struck me as more bizarre than the fake Southern accent. Sorry, continue. No, nothing's more bizarre than that. So here's what I really love about this um, LSU, their YouTube page put out like a whole thing it was like Brian Kelly's first day at LSU and it's like a five minute video and it's him like, Oh, seeing the, the tiger on campus and doing all these things and normal Brian Kelly speak. And then they play his time at that basketball game. And yeah. it's like, how he sounds so much different. 
I don't, it's, it's fun to poke fun at. And I think we're all sort of guilty of that. I mean, we're all a little bit of a social chameleon when you get around different types of folks, like you might alter your, your personality or topic, subject matter you discuss, et cetera. So I don't beat him up too much, but I have listened to a few of his uh, media snippets and, and things. And there, there doesn't really, and it's fun to contrast that with what coach, coach Freeman is sort of, delivering and what coach Freeman is saying seems to carry much more weight and be more authentic. We're obviously biased. I'm biased. I saw coach Reese sort of retweeted today. Like, gosh, you'd have to pull up his tweet, Mike, but he was like, you you don't get more authentic than this. Who wouldn't want to play for this man? And, um, you know, I've said throughout Kelly's tenure, like even leading up to the end, he just never struck me as an authentic personality. So some of these shots, like not that maybe that's a thinly veiled shot by coach Reese, but dropping in that little kind of sniper shot about being authentic. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Here's what he said. Authenticity. Authenticity has never been higher. How could you not want to play for this man? Um, in this classy. And then for that, that, such a classy thing, dude. The Players Tribune so article. He wrote. Again, the contrast is so stark yeah. between he and Kelly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's. I'm. I'm. I'm we're, we got to realize, Mike, that there's going to be a come down from this, from this high of the higher. Sure. Uh, yeah. As I was driving home, thinking about doing this podcast, I'm like, you know, we know it's going to come, and. Um. But at the same time, let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy this high. I mean, sure. that's why we—that's why we're fans of sports. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, I—I I wouldn't have called myself a Kelly guy, but like you know, I, I was very much in support of Brian Kelly and what he was doing at Notre Dame. But I mean, it—I I think it's very fair to kind of—I mean—point and laugh a little bit right now, Mike. I mean, I—I'm just—I just popped up Twitter to show that. Um, that Reese tweet. How about this? Decoldis Crawford, four-star wide receiver, just decommitted from LSU. I mean, look at the timestamp there. Six minutes ago, um, uh, their starting quarterback just transferred, and his younger brother is a four-star tight end commit. Um, he's just decommitted from LSU, and I think this is a fine transition to segue um, into talking about the Notre Dame assistants um, that. Uh, for the 2021 season and who is staying and who is going. So Mike, I'll just kind of run through these real quick. Um, and then you can kind of give me your thoughts at the end, or if you want to interrupt me, um, just go ahead. So, all right, up on the screen for YouTube, Marcus Freeman, um, obviously elevated from defensive coordinator um, to head coach, Brian Polian. We report at blue and today that his, um, last uh, day at Notre Dame that that's come and gone. Um, he will be accepting a position at LSU. We don't know exactly um, in what role, but Brian Kelly loves Brian Polian. Um, so Polian will be in some kind of right-hand man capacity. And what I'd been hearing on Polian for a long time was that he wants to be a, a head coach. He did not get that opportunity in this carousel. Lafayette and Delaware, Polian's not a head coach material, by the way, but a great fit, a, another great fit down at LSU, Brian Polian. In what way, Mike? I'm being completely sarcastic. 
Tommy Reese, someone who Coach Kelly wanted, did not get. And, and, and Mike, I wasn't sure, is Tommy Reese a Brian Kelly guy who recruited him and he played for and coach under and was elevated from quarterback's coach? I mean, heck, taken, uh, I think before Notre Dame quarterback's coach, he was a GA with the Chargers. So, I mean, Kelly was, I mean, obviously he's such a huge part of his career turns down LSU for Notre Dame. What, what, what was your thoughts on that, Mike? Not surprised. Um, um, uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I think it's going to be going kind of flip-flopping back in terms of the staff updates and this, the upcoming Fiesta Bowl. Um, it's going to be nobody on that staff, potentially, Mike, outside of um, – uh, Coach Elliston knows Brian Kelly's culture and brand and kind of like the framework better than Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese came up as a quarterback in that in that culture. So I, I feel like Coach Freeman, in a way, maybe has to lean on Coach Reese because um, it's like to me, it's like you take the, the, the current framework and the structure and the culture that Kelly eventually built. And then we just kind of sprinkle in, hopefully down the road, a few more talented players at a few given positions. But no, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Um, I think there's something really special going on at Notre Dame, and I know this is all business and yada yada. But football is a special sport in that way, like the brotherhood piece of it all. And I think Reese wants to be a part of it, um, and I think it's great. But no, I'm not really surprised. Yeah. Quick note, I shout that, out. I think, the, I think in terms of the play calling, Mike, I hope okay. I would hope, fingers crossed, that some of those, like the handcuffs will be off or the training wheels will be off. So this will be fun to see if we see a few more chunk plays, a little bit more explosive style um, going forward. Yeah, a comment here from Vikes1414 says, I think Tom Lee just generally loves Notre Dame and didn't take much to stay. Yeah, I think he kind of, there's a line drawn in the sand. He picked Notre Dame over Brian Kelly. Um, and uh, as we all know, Notre Dame's a pretty special place. So uh, I, I, I understand that. So quick shout out Bolton Landing Brewing Company for my beer tonight. Um, it's a, it's an IPA. It's, it's, are you getting, are you getting more beer in the mail and I'm not, or is that still the same? No, still, still the, still the same beer. So, uh, yeah, I just, I only drink it when I'm on the show and, uh, dude, I've been, I wish I I could say the same, dude. I I am (laughs) sniffling up a storm. I've been sick for a few days. So, um, I I I want, like I I wanted to touch on this as we, before we get into the staff thing and dive into that, like another just thing about coach Freeman, you're seeing him all these consistent interviews and I'm like, that poor guy, can he get a nap? You know? And I would say the same thing to you, like. Uh, two hardworking dudes, but uh, uh, to have the level of composure that he's had. And I mean, I can hardly do my job and all the things that I've got plus this podcast. So uh, kudos to both you and Coach Freeman, Mike. Oh, well, I appreciate you making time. Yeah, I mean. Close one and two. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Freeman, in, you know, introduced as head coach during the press conference at 2 p.m. By 4 p.m., he's on a private jet going to see Billy Strouth, the four-star offensive lineman in Wisconsin. Right after that, went and played golf. Under No, no, of course he didn't go play golf. Went to the Pacific Northwest to go recruit a receiver, you know, commit. You know, obviously, just because he's committed doesn't mean he can't flip. 
Um, so, and then today he's on the West Coast, I think, seeing five different commits, trying to keep them locked in. By the way, saw some comments about this. We had this changed for people on YouTube. This used to be a picture of Brian Kelly, and we got this uh, swapped out for picture of Marcus Freeman. Uh, nice okay. work. Continuing on, um, how about another guy who was kind of, is he a Kelly guy or is he a Notre Dame guy? Mike Elston, defensive line coach, recruiting coordinator, and defensive run game coordinator. Been with Brian Kelly, I think it's for the last 16 or 17 years. He, we report at blueandgold.com, he's sticking, and he tweeted out, he's sticking with Notre Dame. I'm not even sure he's getting elevated to defensive coordinator, Mike. Um, I think a big part of Elston sticking at Notre Dame, and this kind of goes for a lot, a lot of these coaches on the second point, first point being, um, his family. I mean, like he has a, a lot of kids, like didn't want to move them, you know, out of South Bend. Like I believe his family really loves it there, but two LSU is just a lot different than Notre Dame. I mean, to talking to various sources, you know, some of those Notre Dame coaches, I mean, they might have made more money at LSU, but like they don't know recruiting down there. They don't, a lot of these guys haven't lived in the South like that. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a different world down there, Mike. In, in, in yeah, there? and I, I think the Coach Freeman, in so many of his uh, spots that he's done, media spots, et cetera, like it seems like, I, you know, I heard him say like, my comfort zone is with my with with my players with the players um like i think he's like you know you guys are tremendous thinkers and workers and you know there's he said most of you don't and i'm just paraphrasing but most of you don't take uh, any any shortcuts and things like that so again that's a testament to the that's a testament to notre dame in general right the types of kids you know i told you when i was recruited i had to go back and Guy to get a, I had to bump my ACT score up, and I had to go back and take a fourth year of math with my high school curriculum to get into Notre Dame. I was willing to do that. A lot of kids that are going to go to an LSU aren't going to do that, right? So these coaches, I think they realize they've they've been other places. They realize how blessed they are to have a bunch of young, responsible young men. Um, and uh, I get it, dude. I get yeah. it. Notre Dame fans watching live with us, please hit the thumbs up, drop a super chat if you want your question answered right away. Otherwise, we will get to those um, here in a little bit. So moving on with the running backs, Coach Lance Taylor being retained was a big one for me, Mike, um, because, I mean, I, I feel like you know, this he's going into his, so what he got here in 2019. So this will be his fourth season at Notre Dame. And I feel like it's kind of like a rule of three years. Typically, it's like you hit your third year as an assistant coach and you're typically going on some other job because you're A, going to move up or B, you're not, you're a scapegoat or you're not cutting it or something. Like Lance Taylor is a coordinator. Like I, I in my opinion, like he should be a coordinator somewhere um, at the group of five or power five level. Um, and the past two off seasons, including this one, Drop a little nugget there. He's interviewed for head coaching jobs um, at the group of five level even. So, I mean, this is a darn good running backs coach. He's built uh, a really strong camaraderie in that room. Um, it, it was a big time keep um, for Notre Dame. Uh, Dell Alexander, 
receivers coach for Notre Dame uh, have not reported the kind of final decision on him yet, whether he's staying or going. Um, all of these guys are coaching unless, you know, like a Polian, like where he's gone, like there's going to be an interim special teams coach uh, who I believe is Nick Lazinski, who spent a lot of time with the Rovers, um, I believe, in the past couple of years. Now, coach Alexander needs to go. Why am I? Mean, well, one look at look at the the decimation of our wide receiver room. Uh, you know, it's just like there's not a lot of bodies in there, so there could be a personality conflict in terms of like his coaching style, and then just uh, we've had like some stud wide receivers, but the length of time that it takes for them to develop is is too long. It just is right, um, and then you see. Like you see in this year, like you can plug in young talent, young athletes at that position, um, and they can produce, right? So you shouldn't have to like it shouldn't take you three years to earn a coach's trust. So that that to me, like as an ex player, like if it takes a receiver, um, and there's not as much to like a receiver, corner, running back, those are easier positions to play early, right? Just in terms of like it just is. There's not so much to learn. You don't have to physically, quote unquote, like develop, right? Um, if it takes that long, three to four years for a, you know, a four-star type receiver to get on the field, that to me as an ex-player, like it speaks a little bit to like a coach's insecurity level. Like I can't put him out there until I'm, I know that he knows. Like, like I'm 100% confident he's not going to screw up versus – there's just a there's just a different way to go about it. It shouldn't take three years. And that that's just I don't mean to like throw any arrows or anything like that, Mike, but it just speaks to like a certain level of insecurity. Like he's not ready yet. Well, why isn't he ready yet? Because like you haven't coached him up yet, and then you're afraid that if he goes out there and screws up, it's gonna reflect poorly on you. There's something to that, Mike. Sure. Sure. All right. Moving along. John McNulty, tight ends coach, sticking at Notre Dame. Big uh, fan. Um, yes. Good dude. Good dude. And I think Coach McNulty, I've spoke to him more than once. I think I think um he's an ex NFL guy, right? I think Coach McNulty realizes how special of a place Notre Dame is and the tight end you he can kind of step into that role. Uh big fan of keeping him. Really good dude. Uh Mike Mickens, uh, childhood friend of Marcus Freeman, staying at Notre Dame, not a surprise. And Chris O'Leary, safeties coach. You know, very close with those guys. Also staying at Notre Dame, not a surprise. Um, Jeff Quinn has coached with Brian Kelly for about, I think it's 33 years. Um, I mean, so I, I can't imagine he's staying at Notre Dame. I mean, if someone's a Brian Kelly guy, um, it's Jeff Quinn. And um, does Notre Dame even want to move in a different direction? Like, do you want the, you know, ghost of, of Brian Kelly? Kelly, you know, hanging around the halls. So um, I, I would expect Quinn to be one that, that hey, is not there. My Mike. quick question, just for myself and viewers and listeners. So Coach Quinn, is he or isn't he currently employed by the University of Notre Dame? You asking me? Yes. I have – I, I can't answer that. What I can say I mean, when I say can't answer that's like I got some secret information. I don't know. But he, I, I have not been able to gather the whereabouts of him on the recruiting trail this week. 
Got it. Okay. I think you can kind of read in between the lines on that, yeah. but I am not. I mean, they went to see Billy Strouth, who I mentioned earlier in the show, last Thursday and yesterday. I did not hear about Quinn being there. So, so if you're reading the yeah, so if you're reading the tea leaves, that makes sense because, but then it makes you wonder what's taken so long for him to get down to LSU. A, because you would assume right, like he would go follow Coach Kelly. But if he has it, maybe he doesn't even want to go down to LSU and follow Coach. Maybe he's looking for a job outside of Notre Dame. Yeah, maybe or LSU. Interesting. Yeah, and and here's one that I think you can talk about being important. Matt Bayless. Uh, title director of football performance, aka strength coach. I have quoted you know you on you spend your most time with the strength and conditioning coach. Um, so how important for this is Matt Bayless, and do you have any um, insights on him because he is raved about uh, among the Notre Dame football players. That was a big. How deal. long, Mike? Before I get into it, do you know offhand how long Coach Bayless has been there? I can scroll down and tell you. Uh, since 2017, um, he has been the uh, director of football performance. So I think I alluded to this once before. We're giving Coach Kelly, if anything, credit for building the culture. We know now, no matter how sketchy the game starts out, or, you know, like this season, it was great evidence. Like we built a culture, the kids know how to win. Um, they've got the mental toughness to see things through, etc. I feel like maybe we're giving Coach Kelly a, a little bit of undue credit. Maybe some of that credit should be shared with Coach Bayless. I feel like when that when the team, the Notre Dame football program, really started to ascend the last three four years, I feel like there's uh, the the hire of of Coach Bayless has a lot to do with that as much, if not more, than Coach Kelly. Now, kudos to Kelly for bringing him on board. Um, yes, he's done a great job. And, dude, I watched that. I love football, Mike, if you don't know. I watched that man in the arena last night, the Tom Brady deal, the Tom Brady documentary, and I had, like, tears coming down my face, right? Um, it's like, because it's just like, again, it's a special sport, keeping that the coaching brotherhood, like the things that we were touching on earlier in this evening's podcast. And when I heard Coach Bayless address the team and say that he wants to die there, yeah. I was just like, dude, like that's to me what it's about. And that's what makes um, the, the, the sport uh, so, so good. It's just like, and you believe him. Like when, when a strength coach like that with that voice, his, his voice has been shot for probably 20 years, like you believe it. And yeah. that that's the stuff like as an ex-player, like personally, dude, like it makes, I miss it, you know, you miss that kind of stuff. Yeah. Appreciate everyone live with us. If you just joined recently, make sure you hit the thumbs up on this YouTube video. Uh, subscribe to our channel if you have not yet. Um, speaking of, you know, Bayless got there in 2017. Turn the help turn the program around. This is going to be a very popular comments with Notre Dame fans. How about this guy? <laughs> also got the Notre Dame in 2017. Dell Alexander. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> I don't think Dell Alexander is. Uh, then the reason uh, Notre Dame football turned around. All right, maybe that wasn't a good joke. Mike's kind of... No, it's good. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, he, I think I think Coach Alexander will be coaching elsewhere. Uh, it's You know, you've heard some whispers about Coach Freeman potentially bringing his ex-teammate um, and Brian Hartline over, trying to bring him over from Ohio State. That'd be fun. 
couple of super chat. Oh yeah, yeah, we actually have comments about. I mean, that. this is all about getting to the NFL, right? I mean, from a kid's perspective, from a recruit's perspective. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, a couple super chats. John says uh, Freeman will get the alumni players involved, and how great will that be for uh, recruiting current and past pros on the sidelines with recruits? It's always good to see, you know, like the USC game. You had Chase Claypool. Um, I mean, I think Joe Theismann was at a game this year. Like Jerome Bettis was at the USC game. Um, thoughts on that, Mike? Is that a big deal? Um, I think it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a big deal. I mean, Notre Dame's interesting because it's not like we don't have. It doesn't seem the our NFL guys aren't like marquee top ten picks. Like when you think of the U. Uh, but like, we've got tons of dudes in the NFL. Um, we had a tight end catch a touchdown you know, yesterday or on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, Brock Wright. He caught one in his Notre Dame career, I think. Right. So it's like in Brock Wright off the top of my head was a sixth round pick, right? It's been in the league for like four years. We have so many of those dudes. Um, so the Jerome Bettis is the Tim Browns of the world. You absolutely have to get them back. But it's, I think it's important to show re- recruits that there's only going to be 32 first-round picks. We have X number of guys that were a third-round pick, a fifth-round pick um, that have built careers in the NFL. So, yes, it's, it's important. It's important for us as football alum to feel welcome, to feel to get back into that family just so we can get a catch a whiff of some of that culture. And, yeah, I think, it, I think it's – I think uh, – it serves both sides. I think it serves the recruits in the current football program and it makes alums feel warm and fuzzy too. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Quick note going back to the coaches. Should like we, we kind of talked about with Reese and Elson, they picked Notre Dame over LSU. How about like everyone Notre Dame wanted there, they got. I mean that that speaks to something. And like, yes, also to the point of um LSU, that's a different world down there, but also their love for Notre Dame and their belief in Marcus Freeman. That's those are those are real things. If you wanted to touch on that, Mike, it's uh, just incredibly rare. It's inc- I mean, it's incredibly rare. With all the money being thrown right. around in the college football world, um, and it goes back to like that that tweet from Tommy Reese and what we've been kind of saying about Coach Freeman that authenticity. Um, and we've said this before on the show, Mike, real recognizes real. And uh, I think if, if Coach Freeman you know, wasn't authentic, I think that would have been snuffed out by this point. Yeah. So it's going to be exciting. Um, and, yes, it's incredibly rare. And, frankly, I'm, uh, I'm jealous that <laughs> like, you're not closer to it because it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch this program over the next – Three to four years. Exciting is definitely it, it's or no maybe better word than exciting to describe it is interesting. Notre Dame football is going to be very interesting. Going to have a lot of swagger to it. Uh, swagger is not a word you just dis- use to describe Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame, but it was more of consistency. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. How about this uh, super chat from Greg Ladkey? Um, not sure who that is. Um, Kidding, of course. Uh, that is Blue and Gold's Greg Ladkey. Dropping a $10 super chat. <laughs> okay, Greg, I see you. Uh, he says, Goolsby has watched Marcus Freeman closely. How would he have responded to him as a recruit? Pictures in home visits, seeing the videos we see today, understanding the social media aspect isn't there. 
So how would you have responded to Marcus Freeman if he was recruiting you? I mean, I'd have ate it up. Double double spoons. I'm eating it up. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> to answer your question, I'm almost 40 and I can't get enough of it. So if I'm a 17-year-old recruit, um, yeah, I think it would have only been more so. I, I, I truly believe he's he's an authentic guy. I think he's a natural leader. Um, and there's the only knock on him is the age and the fact that he hasn't been a head coach, but he came from a played at a was a five star recruit, understands that what that experience is like, right? And those are the kids that we all want to quote unquote, you know, to target. He's been a five star recruit, played at a high level marquee program in Ohio State. He's been through the draft process, and this is all I'm just trying to create, you know, uh, sort of the, the pitch here, Greg. Played at a high uh, at a at a marquee school. Went through the draft process. He's still young. I mean, it's it's a it's a home run. And then there's close to a home run as you can find. And then the other thing, man. Who who had the quote? Is it Jimmy Johnson? It's not the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joes. Football ain't that complicated, Mike. It's like it can be, but it's really not. And if I've got a, a bigger, faster athlete than you do. I like my odds. So we just need some to uh, enhance the level of talent at a couple different positions, probably the, you know, the, the receiver position, the defensive back position, the quarterback position. Um, but yes, I would have ate it up to answer Greg's question. Yeah. All right. Um, I have one more question for you. Then we'll get straight into Q and a, um, and make sure if you want to, uh, Guarantee that we answer your question. Drop super chat. We'll get to it um, as soon as we can. Um, for this bowl game versus Oklahoma State, what do you want to see differently? Um, I mean, do you think any training wheels will be taken off of anyone with Brian Kelly's absence? Um, let's talk about Tyler Buckner. What do you want to see from him? Um, could be a good opportunity for a coming out game for him. Do you want to see Drew Pine? Like, what, what what are some things you want to see differently in this bowl game that maybe we haven't so seen? So, what do I want to see? Let's just say, what do, what do we want to see? Not necessarily differently, but you want to see the same level of execution, the same level of game management, substitutions, et cetera. Like, you want it to be a clean operation, right? Because that would be, and I think that should be first and foremost. Secondly, I think that Coach Freeman – and you like your, you know, him jumping on a plane and going to Wisconsin and going out to the West Coast. I think his, have, again, having played at Ohio State, I think his main focus is recruiting and his talent acquisition. So I would hope that he utilizes this 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 bowl game as a as a as an exhibition in a lot of in a lot of ways, Mike. So come, this is the type of ball we're going to play. This is our brand of football at Notre Dame. So. I would hope that, yes, some of the training wheels come off on the offensive side of the ball and we let it fly. I, you know, again, I'm a, I'm super appreciate, appreciative of Jack Cohn and what he's done for the football program and just sort of being a steady guiding force for us this year. But going back to that thought of using this as an opportunity to showcase the new brand or the new style of Notre Dame football, maybe I think Tyler Buckner and or Drew Pine um, gives us a better chance of doing that, right? So if we're trying to go get these receivers and we're trying to go after these elite level quarterbacks, 
come here, this is the type of ball we we can we can play. We're going to play going forward. So I, I I just think that Coach Freeman, hopefully, or I, I hope that he looks at the game in that fashion, and we don't want to squander that opportunity to do so. Sure, sure. All right, we'll get into questions. Uh, question here about Xavier Wonkba, five-star safety from uh, from Iowa. Is he going to Notre Dame? I would be shocked. I think he's essentially turned Notre Dame t- down twice at this point. Um, Notre Dame has worked their asses off in this recruitment. Just, uh, you know, not all kids want to go to Notre Dame. He doesn't. So that, that's, uh, that's, that's basically that one. Um, Mike, question here. This was for earlier in the show when you're talking about Oklahoma State being a poorly coached team. Let's go back to that. Um, SGC asks, what determines a poorly coached team? Poor execution. Not That's, playing good. <laughs> it's poor. So who's the best? Who's the best coach in the NFL, Mike? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, maybe the best coach ever. Like Nick Saban's the best coach in in college football. I mean, and there's no there's no penalties. There's not you know there's not an exorbitant amount of penalties. There's no real drop balls. They execute. And like you go back, I mean, if you can find that game on a DVR somewhere, the Oklahoma State Baylor game. It's just poorly coached. It's just yeah. like it's, it was like looked like a freaking turkey bowl, like backyard football. Um, and I've, I've said that I think there does need to be a little bit of an element of some magic, like with a Tyler Buckner type athlete at the quarterback position. But um, yeah, it just seemed like just poorly coached football. It was just yeah. poor execution, and it was just kind of like. I, I, I don't, I don't, that's a poor answer, but that's, that's the best answer I could give you is just poor execution, no real identity. And it just seems like, um, you know, like sheets in the wind. It's just, it was just kind of chaos. So Notre Dame's brand of football, um, responsible kind of yeoman like business, like approach, it should serve us well against a kind of a loosey goosey program or team like Oklahoma state is this year. Quick comment from SDS123. She says, um, I believe this is she because she's a poster on our message board. Uh, this show is never long enough for me. I love the perspectives and player insights. Um, SDS, we appreciate. Yeah, sometimes I feel the same way, Mike. Sometimes I feel like you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to usher me out of here. You know, you hit that 40-minute mark and, you know, I've got a little gas left in the tank some days. <laughs> I thought you were to stop it. I agree. Yes, yes. One, two, three. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Mike Singer's got things to do. He's got articles to write, and yeah, I got two more articles to write tonight. One to post tonight, and then uh, one to write for the morning. So I'm gassed, and uh, we appreciate it. this show. Will be here uh, for as long as Mike wants to have it, and um, we are committed to blueandgold.com and everything that has happened in the future past January one. So, uh, uh, wink, wink. Um, exciting stuff coming around the corner. Um, for uh, for blue and gold question from Sean, what's your confidence on Justin Rett committing to Notre Dame on Saturday? Talking about the four star cornerback from Bishop Gorman out in Vegas in the twenty twenty three class. Um, yeah, he's stealing some recruits thunder the twenty twenty two class with them committing. Um, you know, a few days before signing day. Um, I like Notre Dame for him right now. Uh, we will see. Um, he decides on Saturday, but that would be a huge get top 50 type player nationally. I've seen him in person twice. Yeah, he, he would be a monstrous land for the Fighting Irish. He's got a top five of Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Tennessee. 
it's not a, a bad uh, quintet to have. Brian asks, is there any chance Brian Hartline joins the staff? Um, I was essentially told that was a long shot and uh, another example of Marcus Freeman shooting for the stars. I don't know if you have any comment on that. I mean, I, it would be hard to see Brian Hartline moving laterally unless he was for a huge money. likely? You know better than me, bud. But I, you know, it's the appeal just because of the number of the number of guys that Ohio State's put in the NFL. It'd be a nice kind of recruiting angle. Yeah. All right. This is a really interesting comment from Jeff. Position. He says it's crazy to think Notre Dame football um, is run by an Ohio State guy, Marcus Freeman, a Michigan guy, Mike Gelliston, Notre Dame guy, Tommy Reese. We can keep this going further. How about Lance Taylor, Alabama? That's where he played. Um, I think I'm pretty sure he played Alabama. He, I know he at least coached. He was a GA under Nick Saban about 13 years ago. John McNulty played at Penn State. Um, got Mike Mick in Cincinnati. Um, kind of all of these, you know, Notre Dame rivals in, in, in some senses. So, um, yeah. yeah, the wisdom, wisdom of crowds, Mike is a book I read once, not a big reader, surprisingly, but yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that accumulation of different backgrounds, um, experiences. That's how you find the best answer. That's how you find a good product. So you don't want to have everybody coming out of the same sort of thought silo. So, uh, marquee programs. Absolutely. And then the NFL experience too, kind of resonates with me in, in regards to, again, all I'm thinking with the Freeman hires recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. So a few of those guys have NFL weaved into their backgrounds as well, which is a big plus. Yeah. All right. Scrolling through um, some of the comments here. Uh, make sure you drop some more um, and we will, uh, we'll go for a little bit longer. Um, Blake asks, is Dell Alexander going to be on staff next year? They're bringing a new wide receivers coach. Kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, you know, ideally, ideally, no, he's not on staff in my, in my opinion. So this is a tricky thing. How is Dell Ben as a recruiter? You can, you can look at this two ways. One, the 2021 class of Lorenzo Styles and Dion Colsey and Jaden Thomas. I mean, those first two guys are already, you know, seen a lot of playing time. And Lorenzo Styles, a big time player. And I mean, Dell's the receivers coach, recruited him. Um, uh, the 2022 class, we'll see how, how they hold on to him. I, I don't remember how much you've seen of these guys, Mike. CJ Williams. Um, is a borderline five-star talent, in my opinion. Um, Tobias Merriweather is, is a darn good receiver up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, speedster, 6'4", 180 pounds. And Amarion Walker, um, he, he has really high upside. He can be a special player. So it's like, just a couple past couple classes have been really good. We'll see how it finishes in the 2022 cycle. Um, and some key visits here this week with the Notre Dame staff going in home with these guys. But then you go back to the 2020 recruiting class, Jordan Johnson, the five-star at UCF, doing nothing. Jay Brunel, I think he's playing an Ivy League school. Xavier Watts is on defense now. 2019 receiver class was um, Kendall Abdul-Rahman. I think he's at an, I think he's at an FCS school. I don't remember. And uh, Cam Hart, who's a corner. So it's like 
that's uh, their receiver lack of receiver depth this year. I mean, definitely decimated by injuries, but go ahead. There's a point. So like Dion Colsey, right? He played at a pretty prestigious high school program, kind of a high academic, right? Yeah. So I think the challenge is going to be on the edge positions at at, specifically at corner and receiver. And gosh, Mike, I'm having like deja vu because I just remember talking about this after some, some some games previously and, and how important speed at the edges and getting unique type talents at the edges is going to be. So like, if you look at like some of these kids, like a Dion Colsey will use as the case study here, he's already a high academic kid. He's a pretty good wide receiver. It's just a natural sort of fit to, for him to land at Notre Dame. Um, so I wouldn't call that like, in my estimation, like good recruiting. So, I think it's going to take a Marcus Freeman to somehow like go sort of motivate some of these borderline ish type athletes to maybe bump the academics up or bump the test score to come play for him at Notre Dame. That that makes any sense. Cause some, like sometimes we go after these kids. It's like, Oh, because they're it's, it's just a natural plug and play with the academic kind of requirement deal. So for me to re- a recruiter is like, you're selling the program, you're only a junior if you can get that GPA up or whatever. We want to keep you in the conversation. That's where I hope uh, Coach Freeman. I'm gonna have to get used to saying Coach Freeman. I keep wanting to say Coach Kelly with with Coach Freeman, where he can do that. And then like another little. I, I got to give you a conspiracy okay. theory, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I love conspiracy theories from Goolsby. It's not a conspiracy theory, but like I've heard Coach Freeman say in as many days, more than once, Notre Dame will change you if you let it. And I'm just like, is there some sort of like hidden messaging in that in terms of maybe a kid is a a 2.9 GPA or a 3.0 GPA and like uh, there might be something to that, like where he's like a wink, wink, whereas like maybe you're not a home run academic fit right now, but we still want you to become a part of this program because it'll change you if you let it. I, I, maybe there's something to that. I hope there is, Mike. Okay. I've heard an instance already. I love dropping nuggets on our YouTube show. Brian, or uh, I almost said Brian Kelly. Marcus Freeman's been head coach for, what, like four days or something? I've already heard of an instance where I think normally Notre Dame would have stopped recruiting a kid because of academics, um, but they worked with the kid. So I'm already seeing a difference there. And again, in four days. Um, so that's something you've been saying since we started. I mean, you, you joined us, what, March of 2020. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's something you've been uh, pretty vocal. So let's, can we just, can we just walk that out a little bit further? Sure. So like, Mike, you know, better than me in terms of what the, what the range is, what's the low end range of what Notre Dame's looking for in terms of, uh, yeah. Can you touch on that at all? Uh, no, I mean, traditionally speaking, I don't know. And I would say above a 3-0, you need some good test scores. But, I mean, make 3-3, three, 3-4, three, three, somewhere around there, GPA? That's ideal, right? Sure. Okay. So what we were talking about or what I was begging for, and I've, t- you know, is if a kid has a 2.8 after his sophomore year of, of high school, he's right there. I mean, that's a matter of taking a summer school class, turning a B-minus into a into – a, a B plus, right? I mean, just 
marginal improvement can get you over the hump. And I, I've, I've, we've said this before, Mike, that I wish, and it sounds like Coach Freeman's doing so, to dangle that carrot to a kid and just say, man, you're so close and recruit them throughout or give the kid six months, recruit them for six months and see if the improvement comes versus he's got a 2-8 or throwing his resume in the trash. That's no way to grow a program. And gosh, that makes me feel good to hear that Coach Freeman's kind of made that shift. A comment here says, Goolsby always drops some insightful wisdom. No one else thinks of at least once a show. So, uh, and Christopher says, need a Goolsby conspiracy theory segment. <laughs> and uh, Mike, you're the goat. I try. You know, I try. You know, there's so many talking heads out there, Mike, and in the media. They get paid more than you and I do to do this stuff. And, yeah, just try and find a different angle. And I appreciate somebody acknowledging that. Absolutely. All right. A little bit of a um... – out of the honeymoon phase here question from jamie another big support of yours mike in our show uh does it make sense to wait and see if freeman can win some football games before anointing him as the second coming of vince lombardi i mean of course the answer is yes but we're also not anointing him vince lombardi come on jamie i know you know we not we're not doing that i'm sure jamie's a lot of fun at parties mike I think he might yeah, be. Yeah, Jamie, it's, it's it's fair to pump the brakes a little bit and to be realistic. But at the same time, you know, we've got almost a month to enjoy this kind of the, this buzz and just soak it in. And it, yeah. it's going to be – we're going to have – we're going to – there's going to be some mistakes along the way. But uh, I just keep going back to it. And like, if Jamie's a Notre Dame fan, he's been watching for a decade or so, the big games, the marquee games that we lose – it's because Kelly doesn't get the team up, and I think that's due to him not acknowledging the fact that this is a big effing game, okay? Uh, I think that Freeman will do so because he's, again, closer to being a player than – There's a, I mean, there's a 25-year age difference there between Freeman and – so I think that well, the team will get up, and then also, fingers crossed, we can recruit some special athletes at particular positions where we've fallen short in the past, so – and then from there, it's just X's and O's and execution. And the framework that Coach Kelly and Coach Bayless have already established, we don't want to change much of it, folks. It's just sprinkling a couple more athletes, and maybe have a little bit more mojo, a little bit more swagger, and then off we go. And, and maybe find, or you know, maybe we have one in Buckner, but find a, a special quarterback. And you know, those restraints of Coach Kelly's kind of conservative approach on offense are hopefully gone, and Coach Reese can flex a little bit. That's how I see it. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely a time, Jamie, to be – and that's coming from a – I'm more of a pessimist by nature, but it's this is the time to just enjoy the ride and enjoy the optimism. Comment here says, uh, you win a title at LSU, that's great. Uh, but if you win a title at Notre Dame, you are a legend. I mean, literally Coach O won one a couple years ago, and now um, he's not employed by the Tigers anymore. Um, so – yeah, if you win a title at Notre Dame, you are a legend. I mean, that's uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Any any comments there, Mike? I totally agree. And what the what the what the ask is of the Notre Dame of a Notre Dame football player, a Notre Dame head coach, like to be the number five ranked team in the country, given the climate of college football and our academic standards, and it's almost like a Notre Dame football player and like the standard it's almost like you're at like an in like an academy in terms of all the responsibilities and having to go to class and having to do all these things 
and then also to be able to put out a top five, top 10 product on the field is remarkable. So yes, legend status. And it's interesting that Notre Dame is such a polarizing program that like, you know this, Mike, folks hate Notre Dame or they love Notre Dame. Nobody has that strong, I don't shouldn't say nobody, but not that many, I don't think there's folks out there that have as strong of a sentiment about an LSU as they do about Notre Dame. So people love to hate Notre Dame. Yeah, unless you're an Alabama fan or, you know, something like that. But like, yeah, just Joe Schmo walking down the street in, you know, Texas or North Carolina and you might hate Notre Dame just because of some game. Just because. So just and because. The, the reason that they hate Notre I feel like is that uh, Notre Dame should have more fans because of the way that they, they run the program, the way they develop the kids, as Coach Freeman's talked about. So, yes. Uh, legend status, national following, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question here. Any thoughts about where Notre Dame might look to fill uh, positions from the transfer portal? I'll say they'll probably get a guy or two from the portal. Andres kind of looks like Tyler Buckner if you look at that picture real quick. Yeah, a couple good-looking kids. There you go, Andres. Absolutely. So, um, I think safety is possible. Um, I think they – you know, need some uh, another rotational player, um, especially Kyle, ha- Kyle Hamilton out. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a best available kind of guy in the transfer portal. How about this, Mike? What about quarterback? Absolutely it's not crazy to say quarterback. Yeah. I mean, well, you're going to need, you're going to need something for depth. Um, I thought, I saw Indiana's quarterback, who I think is a graduate guy. He's had, you know, four season ending injuries. Like that'd be a guy I, I've never seen a play. I just saw it on the ticker, but yeah, quarterback position, um, given the right personality kind of profile and that he understands maybe why they're coming to Notre Dame, um, to sort of help groom Buckner. But, uh, I don't know if we're going to look for a starter. I think that could kind of retard his development in terms of getting those reps, you know? Getting uh, text messages during our show. Todd Burlage, one of our contributors at Blue and Gold, uh, says, I'm trying to send a question. Not sure I'm doing it right. Uh, Todd, you are not. Um, says, Freeman's first two challenges are uh, winning an elite bowl, first since 1993, um, and then playing Ohio State opener next season. Mike, I mean, what kind of challenge is that uh, going He's playing a couple of OSU's first first uh, couple games. I mean, can you imagine the storylines and college game day for sure, being at the shoe for Freeman's return to Ohio State? How special of a game is that going to be? Yeah, it's going to be a, a great atmosphere. Again, a, a huge potential recruiting tool. Coach Freeman's first challenge, though, to me is going to be able to draw the line of delineation between he as a head coach and – vibing with the players you know like he he said in one of his recent press conferences like i'm one of them like we're one of the same and i i think i we talked about this on a previous podcast but yeah he's got to elevate himself to be like i'm one of you and we all you know we're we're all working through this together but i'm the head coach now so that's the in terms of like they have his respect and all that but he's not a peer He's the head coach. That's going to be the big challenge to me, just given his age in particular. But, yes, huge recruiting. But, I mean, Ohio State lost an early game to Oregon this year, and it was like a – for Oregon, it was a 9 a.m. kickoff, and they lost at the, uh, at the horseshoe or whatever they call it. So, 
um, Ohio State's not Alabama. You know, it's just not. Eric says Notre Dame needs a right guard for Marshall. Um, making a joke about Kane Matt. You need a right guard for Marshall like I need a hole in the head, Eric. Um, Mike, uh, do you have one year of eligibility left? Uh, question from Sean. No. You know, it's funny over the years, all over the years, you know, people will ask like, and I'm sure all ex football players get asked that, like, do you miss it? And I missed it, missed playing until I got old enough where I was like, there's no chance, you know? Cause like, you know, you'd be like 29 and be like, still having a dream about playing football. It's like, I could still do it. Maybe you could like for a series, but I'm 39 and, uh, no, I'd be tearing Achilles. I already tore my bicep, like no chance. So even if I did have one, I, I, I think I'd be, I'd be a waste of a scholarship. <laughs> All right. Uh, question. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Alt, uh, Joe Alt, um, president of his fan club. Hello. Or Blake Fisher. Uh, which one do you start a left tackle next year? Um, you know, what if someone like Josh Lug comes back, who's the right tackle for this team? Um, do you slide Fisher inside? Like, what, what what do you do? Because, I mean, Fisher was a really good left tackle, and so is Joe. Was he, though? I mean, he only played a half of football. I think. Okay. All of I fall camp, he was really good. I mean, but. What's that? He was really good all of fall camp. Spring ball clips we saw. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the staff thought he was the best left tackle, um, but uh, then they also didn't play Joe Alt until halfway through the season, and he's been really. Have you forgiven good. him for that yet, Mike? Dude, I didn't think Joe Alt was going to be this good. I talked no, to his not. dad the other day, and he was like, he basically said, "I didn't." <laughs> excuse me, I didn't think it was going to be this good either. I mean, the kid well, is kudos just the to dad for those genetics and the, the coaching. Seriously, my projection would be. Alt remains your left tackle, and I think that Fisher moves over to the right side. Okay. I think one of Fisher's key traits as a player, as a prospect, is his size, just the sheer size. Um, and not that's not at all a knock on his athleticism, but I, I could just see him slide into the right-hand side and then letting – it'd be unfair to Alt to – because I, I told you, Mike, I thought Alt was like our midseason MVP – just because every I could say once they inserted him, like we started to run an offense, yeah, sort of stop the bleeding. So I, I feel like Alt becomes your left tackle, maybe a slightly better athlete, maybe slightly better foot speed, and then you just have a mountain of a man on the right hand side. Moment the season kind of shifted was the Virginia Tech game when they put Cohen back in at the end of the game, and he led them down that you know the game winning drive. At least I remember it being a game-winning drive. My memory sucks if it's not about recruiting. Oh, mine's worse. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of when the – I know, like, Cone led them down and they won that game because they were not about to win. And uh, that's where, that's where it changed. Um, that just popped in my head. Either way, however it works out, I mean, if, if Alt's on the left, Fisher's on the right, or we flip-flop it, there's a boatload of talent there for the next three, four years. Plenty of really talented. But that's my projection is Blake will be on the right and Joe will be on the left. All right. A couple more things before we get out of here. A couple Uh, more here, Mike. If you want a question, um, we went over 40 minutes. Did that just for you, Mr. Goolsby. If you want a question answered real quick, uh, drop Super Chat. We'll get to it. Otherwise, um, 
here are a couple uh, questions. Goolsby, would you come back to coach the linebackers? This is something we get a good bit. Yes. That's I it? think I could do it. Yeah. yeah. You don't have anything else to say? You just think you can No, go? that's the answer. Uh, does Freeman win a national championship? If so, um, how long until now? Um, Mike, pull out your crystal ball. What do you got? When does Notre Dame win a national I championship? I think – I would say like – gosh, I've – you know – Anytime you try and make a prediction like this, you just get crucified, or I do, right, Mike? But, I mean, I think, like, one to three years, I really do. Because there's so much, like, look at help, – help me walk through this, Mike. We'll start with Clemson, right? They, we'll see what DJ Uglianlie turns into as a quarterback, but they just lost a pillar of their program in Coach Venables, right? Um, and maybe they lose some recruits, you know, the Brian – Brise's of the world or whatever, like Clemson's down. Ohio State, we'll wait and see. But like, it seems like Michigan might be climbing, and Ohio State might be slipping a little bit. Bama's Bama. Georgia's still kind of a phony. Kirby Smart's not a great big game coach. It kind of has that Brian Kelly sort of DNA in that way. Um, gosh, I think we would have matched up really well with Georgia. So there's a lot of like turmoil in terms of like the blue bloods of college football. Um, hell, I mean, Oregon just lost their coach, which is a team that was kind of on the rise. So I think it's a unique window looking the next one to three years in terms of the landscape of college football as a whole. If Buckner is the guy, that's something to get super excited about. You've already got a defense implemented. And then I'm just telling you, I feel like that we're two to three players away at a couple key positions to be like, that's a national championship. You got a national championship culture, winning culture. You got to find a, uh, a quarterback. Um, you play great defense. I could see it one to three years. Yeah. Uh, Super chat. James asked, do we have any information on the salaries for the coaches? I really wish we did. I think that'd be awesome if uh, we lot, got that, that information. Sorry, Mike. I was just going to say it's a lot. Yeah. We, we, we don't know it though. You know, Notre Dame being a private university, they, uh, don't have to release that information and don't. Um, the only way you're really going to get any information is if you go to your barber and, you know, his cousin, you know, changed um, uh, Marcus Freeman's tires or something. And, that, you know, he, he heard that from somebody. Yeah, that, that That's, you know, I haven't seen any major news outlets report anything locally. I haven't seen anything reported. Not really a tough thing to, to get information on. So, um, uh, sorry that we don't have that information, but definitely appreciate the super chat. And with Anthony's comment saying he hates Michigan, um, I will uh, I'll, I'll sign us off. Uh, Mike, appreciate you uh, Thanks, sticking Mike. around for get an hour sleep, with us. Buddy. Yeah, stay hydrated. Um, yeah, drinking a beer definitely helps that. Um, but all right, uh, appreciate you guys watching. Hit that thumbs up. Go to blueandgold.com at the top of our website. Um, sign up for our free newsletter. There's a link for you that. guys have done. You guys have done awesome, dude, covering this stuff. Appreciate it for real. Appreciate it, Mike. All right, Mike Goolsby, Mike Singer, the Mike Goolsby Show. We're signing off.